What I would like to say is that we're going to do it like the Vatican does, where you see white smoke coming from the top of the... Uh, if you, actually, if you do see white smoke coming from the top of our building, actually just call the fire department, uh, because we don't have a plan to do that at all. Uh, but I will say, uh, I, as another person who's been on the board, I just want to say thank you uh, for everyone's participation thus far, and I will also say soon, soon. Part of that soon is because, well, we look at the, uh, Jeff is retiring uh, as of December 31st, uh, but we, we've also wanted to do this in a way uh, that is the wisest and sometimes the most measured way. So um, we're going to start out with, a, with a, uh, uh, the scripture. This is one that actually Jared uh, hit on a couple weeks ago, and it's uh, a continuation of our series in uh, Matthew, you'll also see that uh, we're talking about Asia's Hope today, so uh, this will come together real quick. So let, let's read this together. This is from Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day, and that's a, uh, just the common day wage. So I don't know what that looks like now, but, you know, a couple hundred bucks, uh, you know, to go out and work hard in the field for the day. Uh, and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again at about noon, about three in the afternoon, and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found others still standing around, and he asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go work in my vineyard. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard came and said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. The workers who were hired at about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. Cool. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, of course. But each one of them also received a denarius, and when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last only worked one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay. I want to give to the one who is hired last the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to with my money, or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Actually, I'm going to get my phone because I realize there's not a clock back here, and I think I have my phone someplace. Where's my phone? I don't know. Oh, it's up here. I just want to make sure I don't go over. All right, so how does that parable make you feel? I got to tell you, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't love it. It's like the one, there are a couple parables like there. There's one about a shrewd uh, manager who like takes all the money and spends it in ways that he wasn't authorized to do, and Jesus is like, super cool, do that. Um, th this one makes me feel uncomfortable because who of us would not be mad at the boss, right? You know, uh, who of us would not be mad at the boss? So I was really struck by Jared's reaction a couple weeks ago when he preached. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, you know, Jared, well, you know, Jared's reflection was, I realized at this one time, I I'd read this passage a bunch of times and I never realized that I was the five o'clock worker. I'm the one who came in at five o'clock, uh, and I'm the one who got the favor I didn't deserve. And, and so today, as we are talking about Asia's Hope, I'm John, by the way, uh, and uh, I'm not only uh, am I here as part of church leadership, but I also lead a, a ministry called Asia's Hope, and there are brochures there 
on the thing. Um, but we're going to talk about how this dynamic has played out in my life and how it's played out in the ministry of Asia's Hope and how I actually think it's playing out in the life of Central Vineyard right now. Um, so Jared's reflection uh, has really stuck with me, and that's why I actually asked permission to preach on this. I'm like, I don't know if somebody else is lined up to preach on this, but I really want to hit on this this morning and underscore that. Um, so, so one of the things that's interesting uh, with these parables, you guys know what parables are? They're stories Jesus tell, uh, and Jesus has this really infuriating to some of his critics' ways. They try to get him to weigh in on some really uh, controversial issue, and they say, what's worse, like murder or rape? And he'd be like, okay, so there's this guy, and he owned a tractor, you know? <laughs> Right? And, and actually, that's one of those things that uh, Jesus has asked. Does anyone know the numbers? I think Jesus has asked 304 direct questions in the gospel, and he answers like four of them directly. Uh, so uh, so, it, it, so that, that should be instructive to us. But, but, it, but we hear this. They always start out, the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's easy for us to think about that as like some children's story trope like, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, or once upon a time, or in a faraway land. But, you know, there's actually something that's really significant there with the, the kingdom of heaven is like. Um, and when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, we, we talk about that space where God has his way as king, where his will is done uh, partially now on the earth, but we all pray and we all work uh, together in anticipation of the day that across the universe, God's way is done and his, uh, his rule of life and his uh, vision of justice is what we all uh, embrace together. Um, uh, you know, so, so the parables are Jesus saying, this is the way it is in my kingdom. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and so you get these dynamic and expansive ones, like the one about the mustard seed uh, that then grows into this huge tree that then fills the whole world, or, or talking about the leaven that goes throughout a bread. You've got those, and then you've got ones like this one, which is, I think, surprising and inclusive. So it's not just this story about what happens. I grew up thinking the kingdom of heaven meant we die and we go to this place called heaven, and that's where all these things are going to be true. Uh, but it's not just about that, that's some eschatological, 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 sure, uh, which, which when you hear about eschatology, it means the way everything wraps up. <laughs> like, how does, this all, how does this all wrap up when, when, when uh, the, you know, God has this kingdom come in its fullness? It's not just a revelation about that. It's an invitation into a present-day reality that we have a, a, a part of. And there are a lot of wrong ways to read parables and a lot of wrong ways to read this one specifically. Uh, it's, it's easy to read this, as I had uh, up until very recently, as only kind of a rebuke to these workers who had been there all the time. And that's why it kind of ticked me off a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I feel kind of justified in feeling that resentment, you know, when somebody else gets, you know, what I didn't think they deserved. Uh, and I think that's part of it. You know, this is right up against the next part of this chapter. If you read on, you've got Jesus' disciples squabbling. And they're like, okay, when this kingdom comes, who gets to be like vice king and like vice vice king? And so there is a rebuke in this, this theme of the first shall be last that Jesus gives. But, but it's more than that. And it is, I think, and this is what I, what I think I want all of us to hear today. It's an encouragement to those who come later in the game. And it's interesting that I find myself in my preparation getting emotional at the same spot Jared got emotional because I wasn't 
when I was putting when I was putting this together, I wasn't emotional until I read it right now, and I think maybe the Holy Spirit is saying something to us, to our church, that we should resonate with this emotionally. It's an encouragement to those who come later in the game who aren't part of the founder's generation, who don't have seniority, which usually is what gives the pathway to significance and reward uh, in the kingdom of this world. And these parables, it's also an acknowledgement of the anxiety and of the frustration of those unemployed and disconnected. So in this parable, it's an agricultural parable, uh, but we see the same thing today. You can go to a Home Depot on a, on a weekday morning sometimes, and you will see people who are migrant workers, and they're waiting for somebody to go and give them a day job, you know? And that's sort of the picture we have here. There are people who are sitting around, and when the landowner comes and says, why are you just standing around? I used to look at that as like they're lazy or something, but he's like, because nobody hired us. We're waiting. We have skills. We got stuff to do. We want to work. If they were lazy, they just wouldn't have come out to the Home Depot anyway. It's like we're standing here. No one's hired us yet. And so it's an acknowledgement of that frustration of being unemployed and disengaged. And, and I think ultimately it's an exploration of God's pursuit and God's priorities and and God's timing. And so as I think as we talk about this message for us today, how it integrates with CV and, and also uh, Asia's Hope, which has really been tied together, at least from my perspective, been tied together for so long, this ministry of Asia's Hope that Central Vineyard was so important in its, uh, in its founding and its formation. Uh, here's, here's the message that I think for us today. So you can check out after this, by the way, because this is the message for today. But Uh, God is already working in the world around us. Just because you haven't found your place doesn't mean God has passed you by. Just because you're new around here or new to life with Christ doesn't mean that your contribution or your reward is less than. And then as we're in this time of transition, it's also a time of opportunity. There's a lot of work to do as we become what we are called to be, and God draws new workers Uh, into this vineyard of his. So I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us, that you pursue us, that you have a vision for, uh, for, for the job that you have for us to do in your kingdom and at this church and, and in the, in the world as a whole. Um, We pray that your Holy Spirit would come and quiet our hearts and, and make us open to uh, your word today. And I pray that, that your power would be on my words, and that what I have to say would be a message that's not just from my head, uh, but also from your heart for the blessing of this church, for everyone here, and for uh, the community that you put us in. And we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about Asia's Hope, um, and I'm not going to go a lot into it, but I mean, Asia's Hope, family-style, community-based care for the world's most vulnerable kids. I do encourage you, take a look at this. Um, Oh, hey, it's my family. Um, so when Corey and I, Corey, and our two little boys, who are now 20, almost 26 and almost 25, first uh, agreed to join the Central Vineyard plant team, which is like, hey, we're going to do a new church, uh, who wants to be a part of this, uh, we were definitely outsiders. 
And I mean, for a lot of you guys, most people were not a part of that plant team. And so kind of me and my family have kind of always been here. And it feels like we've always sort of been insiders, but we were really outsiders. We were uh, coming from, I think, I think that we were the only people on that initial plant team who had not gone to Vineyard Columbus. We had definitely not been going to a vineyard church. As a matter of fact, we were in a church that was very, very much not a vineyard church. And, 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 very, and, and it was very much not like Little Central Vineyard, too. I mean, it was a big church. We had a choir with 100 people on it, and everyone had their own microphone on Sunday morning. We had like a 50-voice orchestra, and uh, it was a totally different world, and we were definitely outsiders. Um, but I, I can tell you this story some other time, or Jeff can, but Jeff and I started hanging out. We had known each other from childhood. We started hanging out again, sharing our visions for our lives and what God was calling us to. And I was so grateful to find that Jeff had this passion for Asia's Hope, which is kind of a brand new baby organization, not that much more evolved than the Central Vineyard Church was. Um, he had so much passion uh, for our lives and, and our ministry, uh, and, and this was a passion that wasn't shared by this church we came from, by the way. Um, this is something, uh, when, when we had shared this passion, we'd started Asia's Hope and started inviting people in our lives in our other church, our big church. Uh, you know, this is something the missions pastor actually said to me once, and this is the quoting as close to verbatim as I can manage. He says, John, I'm hearing lots of questions about why you're raising money for missions that are unrelated to our denomination, and I'm having trouble explaining to people just what orphan homes have to do with the Great Commission. So these are the words. Uh, and I've had people challenge me on this, and I've actually, I'm not going to say the person's name right now, but this is as close to, as close to verbatim as, as I can give you. Um, but at any rate, before we knew it, we had, you know, and it was a big change, but just that connection, connection with Jeff and the people we'd start to meet and go, wow, it feels like there's a place here that like resonates with what God's already doing with us. So we agreed to join the CV church plant, uh, despite being out uh, outsiders and latecomers to the vineyard, we were immediately accepted into this group of people, most of whom knew each other, but didn't know us at all. And so even though Central Vineyard was tiny, the impact on Asia's Hope was enormous. Um, even before we had a formal partnership, or like right now a formal partnership, Asia's Hope has some uh, uh, Central Vineyard has some partnership agreement with Asia's Hope where they're like, we take a certain amount of money every month and we send it for this purpose. Even before we did that, a lot of people in the congregation had already resonated uh, and were already donating to Asia's Hope. Uh, so soon, before long, our church, and there's, I've told this story before, like I was joking that um, because it's daylight savings time, I have an extra hour to preach, but I, I've been told very clearly that's not true. Uh, I do, some of you have heard the stories that I'm not going to go into today. There's some amazing stories of what God did at Central Vineyard Church. Um, when we were at Calumet uh, and we were meeting in the gym of a church, of a school over yonder. Um, but I'm not going to go into those today, but you'll hear them sometime, I'm sure. But um, at any rate, our church decided to fund a home in Phnom Penh, Cambodia for orphan kids, a family-style home for orphan kids, one that we called Prekang 2. So if you hear us talk about Prekang 2 or PE2, hey, there's Jeff and me. Yeah, and I didn't have a beard, and I was 20 pounds lighter. Uh, but uh, so uh, th this home, uh, Central Vineyard Church, became the first of many whole home sponsors. At that time, Asia Soap, we had uh, two homes in Cambodia, 
um, we had one in Thailand, uh, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to grow from here. And Central Vineyard became the first church uh, to say, why don't we just take a whole home and see if we just pay for all the whole budget on it? Um, and that has allowed Asia's Hope to expand since that time to 35 homes, three countries. Yeah. More than 800 kids in full-time care, 240 staff, local staff, living in Cambodia, Thailand, and India. And this year, about 220 kids who graduated, who grew up at Asia's Hope and went on to university are receiving full-ride college scholarships um, thanks to supporters of Asia's Hope. All of this, in almost all of this, through this model that Central Vineyard Church, our tiny, tiny church, and tinier than now at that time, our tiny, tiny church uh, pioneered. Um, and, and, and in those years, um, <laughs> if, if you look at our budgets, I, I don't remember, but I think it was like more than 30%, like 35, 40% of our church budget was going to Asia's Hope. If you look at what churches spend on things, that's really unusual to have a church of any size that has 20, 25, 30% uh, going towards uh, something other than like running their church. Um, and Jeff always says this, he's like, you know, before our church had a home of its own, our kids at Prekang too had a permanent home that they could grow up in. And today, we still, at this church, we still spend like more than 25% of the money that is given to our church goes to Asia's Hope and One Good Home and, and other benevolence ministries and, and to serving justice and mission uh, outside of just the people in, that, that attend this church. Our church is an incredibly, incredibly generous church. And so, um, so for about the first dozen years, oh, look at Jeff, he's so cute. Uh, so for about... Uh, for about the first dozen, and I can tell you a story about every single one of those kids in that tuk-tuk, by the way. Um, for about the first dozen years, Central Vineyard Church was the uh, full supporter of that home. That meant that everything that happened at the home, from the staffing to the education of the kids, all of these things were supported by this congregation. A few years ago, we stepped aside so that another organization could have it. They desperately wanted to sponsor a home, and we were all full. And so uh, Central Vineyard said, let's take our resources that we're raising right now and point it in another direction at Asia's Hope in Cambodia. But that first generation of Asia's Hope kids have grown up now. Most of them have gone on to university. Uh, many have married, have families of their own. Uh, so, uh, but, but we didn't step back from the commitment. Here are the things that, Asia, that Central Vineyard is currently doing uh, uh, with, with their partnership dollars with Asia Soap. First of all, we're still sponsoring the uh, university scholarships for that first generation of kids. That was one of the things when we came in, we said, and we said to the new sponsors, look, Central Vineyard has this. For that, for that generation of kids that, uh, that we made this commitment to, we're going to continue uh, to fund university scholarships. And we've been able to not only fund like basic four-year universities, but a couple kids, uh, Sreka, uh, let's see, we have a picture of Sreka. Sreka is one on the right. This was the day she came to Asia's Hope uh, with her uh, sister Srepoa and her brother Pektra. Uh, so Sreka graduated from university. Uh, thanks to uh, Central Vineyard Church, uh, she was able to uh, get a graduate-level scholarship uh, in economics and management. That's her on the left with a microphone uh, presenting her work at an international conference. That's her with her...
I didn't expect to get emotional. That's her with her brother Petra, who is uh, now an architect, uh, and who uh, I'm really eager to have him design the next generation of Ages Hope homes, along with one of our kids uh, uh, in Cambodia who is a construction manager. So that would be kind of cool. Uh, I also, uh, we were able to uh, provide money for Mai Yang, who uh, also came with uh, Pai, her sister, uh, and her little brother Meta. Uh, or her big brother Meta. Now, now uh, Pi uh, just got back from Israel, where she uh, was able to do a year-long program after finishing uh, four years of college uh, for an agricultural internship, so that she can come back and be involved in agriculture uh, in Cambodia. This is the impact we've been having. Uh, but now we're also Central Vineyard Church. We are now the sponsor of the Batambang, which is another town in Cambodia, the Batambang Student Center. I think we have a picture of that. Yeah, so this is, this is you see Jeff there uh, and me in the back. Uh, Adrian uh, was uh, also on this trip. Uh, that is only a small portion of the 80 kids. The 80 kids who grew up at Asia Soap in Batambang. Uh, we have 13 homes in Batambang. All but the very first one were funded uh, through the model that Asia's Hope helped pioneer. 80 kids are university kids uh, who uh, live and study at the student center as transitional living uh, as they uh, become independent adults. And I, I will say this, oh, there's Jeff and Adrian, uh, and this is... And here we are at uh, the very first home Asia's Hope ever had, which is our Batamang One home, which is on about its third generation of kids. Um, so our church uh, uh, provides the funding for uh, that student center, and individuals within this church who are uh, going to remain nameless actually provided us the funds to purchase that uh, property uh, so that it's ours in perpetuity uh, in Batambang, Cambodia. So hundreds of lives in Cambodia, Thailand, and India have been changed by this little tiny church's vision and generosity and faith and maybe thousands more in the future as our goal at Asia's Hope is to begin taking what we've learned in the first two decades of our ministry and teaching it uh, to other uh, organizations uh, who are doing work in places like Burundi and Cote d'Ivoire and Kenya and Guatemala and Mexico. So, um, so this is what Central Vineyard is doing and what Central Vineyard has done uh, at, at Asia's Hope. Uh, so I, I want to step back a second and apply some of this back to the passage that we're talking about today. You know, as I said before, um, I was a, uh, a complete newcomer to Central Vineyard Church. I was also a complete newcomer to Cambodia. When I went to Cambodia, my first visit in 2001, I knew nothing. I had nothing to offer. Other people had been doing the work. God had already been tending his vineyard. And, and at that time, Corey and I had been at this time of our lives where we felt like we we're the guys at Home Depot. You know, we, we felt like we we're standing around. We had this calling on our heart. We felt like God was calling us to do something in the world, something that had to do with orphan kids or refugees and this. And we'd had door after door shut and discouragement after discouragement, and we felt like we were just hanging around there, wondering if our time had passed, wondering if God wanted to use us in the way we felt called. But in Cambodia, God had already been doing his work. I mean, for millennia, right? God's doing a work this huge, they kind of talk about this redemptive arc throughout the universe. God's been doing this for, for uh, generations and generations, but specifically, 
Specifically, uh, uh, for decades, uh, Savorn, who's our uh, director, I hope you guys had a chance to meet him uh, when he came last year. You'll have more chances to meet Savorn, a director in Cambodia. He was already working in the field by the time I got there. He had already been a child soldier, a Buddhist monk in training, a refugee, a brand new Christian, an underground seminarian, an illegal church planner, and a pastor trainer for years before I even knew that Cambodia existed or could point it out on a map. Sang Yu and So Kian, who are the home parents for that very first home, that Batamang One home, they had already been accepting kids into their home at their own expense before Asia's Hope uh, was even a dream uh, for many of us. The rest of our staff, if you hear their stories, they've been working for decades, decades uh, productively doing God's work uh, in places like Cambodia, Thailand, and India. But God had also been working with Corey and me in our hearts. And as I said, we're standing around waiting for somebody to hire us. And, and by his grace, he welcomed us as outsiders and latecomers. He made a space for us that we hadn't earned. We had no seniority. We hadn't paid any dues. We didn't really even have qualifications. But all we had to do was to say yes and believe that the owner would be faithful. When God gave us an opportunity to say yes and believe that he'd be faithful. And now that I've been at Central Vineyard and at Asia's Hope for a few years, I now, I now can identify with those workers who've been you know, in the field for a long time and feel like we're the, the old timers. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and I think that some of us who were part, who have been here for a long time, we do have some seniority and things that in the kingdom of the world would normally give us advantage. It would give us advantage, it would give us, entitle us to, uh, to more honor and entitle, entitle us to uh, more reward. But in the kingdom of God, as I've seen time and time again, God brings the right people in at the right time, and I've learned to expect God to use and reward everyone that he calls, no matter how late in the day they come. So if you're newish around here, and a lot of you are, you are equally valued to us and to God, to the people who have been here for 20 years. And God is offering you a share, not only in the hard work, but also in the reward of being a part of his kingdom and this church. So when we take our next Asia's Hope trip, we're going to be doing some Asia's Hope trips coming up, uh, I want you to know that this, this is going to be open to old-timers and newcomers alike. And at Central Vineyard Church, there are a lot of places to serve. CV Kids, hospitality, tech, worship, benevolence. And with the exception of CV Kids, which you have to be at the church for six months, it's a child protection thing, so we know you, have to be at the church for six months before you start working with CV Kids. I want you to feel that you are a part of everything this church is doing now including the partnership with Asia's Hope. This is yours. All of this is yours to support, yours to serve, and yours to enjoy now. And so, if you're newish around here, and by the way, some people feel newish even if they've been here for two or three years. You know, I encourage you, dig in. Will you dig in? Will you find a place to, where you can serve? Start inviting other people in to serve and to enjoy, and join in giving uh, at this church at every level. And so, as an exhortation to those of us who have been around for a while, please see what God is doing here. 
see what God is doing. I have seen this, by the way. I have seen, as we've had new people come in, I've seen so many people at this church, from, and, and, and leadership at the highest levels, looking at every person who comes in and says, wow, we're so thankful that God has brought this person in. God must have brought this person in uh, for their benefit and for our benefit as well. So, um, so as we close out, I just want to reiterate uh, some of these things. Uh, first of all, as Haley mentioned, we are in this time of pastoral transition. And all of us, including our new interim pastor and eventually new permanent uh, senior pastor, are going to feel like this is a new place, right? A new phase, new stuff happening, a new day. Embrace it. Embrace it. Whether you're an old-timer or a newcomer, embrace it. Let's thank God for it and let's walk together. Uh, I, I think we're going to do communion now. Uh, who's coming up and doing communion? I think Thomas is going to do this. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a time of worship and prayer. But, but, but before we do communion, I just want to say, if any of this has resonated with you, if you feel like you're hanging out at the Home Depot, you know, metaphorically speaking, you felt like you put it out there, you know, you put it out there for God and you've said, I, I'm, I don't know, maybe I can be used, but I'm not sure but you're just waiting to be hired. Or if you're struggling with feelings of alienation or underappreciation or inadequacy, or if you're scared and disoriented by the task in this time ahead, I'd like you to come up when it's time to get prayer during worship. Come up and get some prayer. And then if you're, uh, uh, if you're able to, please stay afterwards uh, for our family chat. Remember, there is no child care, so go pick up your kids after this and then come back down. So why don't we uh, enter into a time of communion and worship. So we turn now towards Eucharist to the Lord's Supper. We share in this little tiny meal together every week, um, participating in the meal that Jesus gave us. We are here because Jesus extends to us an invitation. Strangers and friends, believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It's always a mixed company that Jesus gathers and invites to his table where in bread and cup he meets us, and we who are different are joined together in one body. Come to this table not because you understand, but because you are understood. Come not because of how you feel, but because God has food for you. Come not because you feel deserving, but because Jesus invites you and welcomes you just as you are. And Scripture invites us to examine ourselves before coming to this table. We become aware of our faults so that we can receive grace in our time of need. We confess so that we can partner with God for our healing. We confess together through the confession song. So hear these words of grace from Scripture. As far as the east is from the west... So far, he removes our transgressions from us. And so as we share in this story, I invite you to stand. Imagine yourself at the table with Jesus this morning. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, 
which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. Let us pray together. Lord, send your spirit among us. Come with your presence in this bread and in this cup that as we come forward and present ourselves as living sacrifices, we may taste and see your goodness. We may be united in your love. We may be engaged in your service, your hands and your feet in this world.